It's time for another scripted conversation with Paula, Bruce, and Randy. Welcome to another scripted conversation with Paula, Bruce, and Randy. And today we have another special guest with us, Kim Matina. A lot of you know her from the Sweet Talk. So, Kim, we're uh, so happy you're with us today. And, Bruce, we're going to let you go ahead and introduce Kim. And then, Kim, uh, we're going to let you talk a little bit about yourself as well. All right. Well, Kim Matina, um, I'm looking at her Twitter profile. She has it all. Author, Sweet Talk host, GEG New Jersey leader and mentor, gold product expert, uh, Google certified teacher and uh, trainer, Wakelet, We Video, book creator, ambassador, tech teacher, you name it, uh, Kim does it. And I was been lucky enough to meet Kim at conferences and then uh, become friends with Kim. And she's um, certainly one of the best people I know to pay it forward to learn new things and then get it out there on her uh, podcast, The Sweet Talk. So Kim, how are you tonight? Well, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm doing well. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, we are, we're so happy to have you. And we're taping on the last day of February. So my favorite month of March Madness is going to be uh, starting tomorrow. So and it certainly <laughs> will be interesting in schools as March 13th marks the anniversary for most of us, Friday the 13th, when remote learning started last year. So we've come almost full circle, uh, you know, for for a whole year. But the first question I have for you, Kim, is I know you do a lot of training of your staff uh, during remote learning. So what type of media have you found or tools have you found to train your staff the best way? Uh, well, first, let me just explain my role this year um, with, with going remote learning since you had mentioned that. Um, this year, my role has changed. I was uh, teaching students uh, in the middle school, you know, technology and STEM. And uh, this year, I am a virtual learning specialist or teacher specialist. So my role is really to support the teachers um, so that they're successful and that they're teaching uh, their students successfully, uh, supporting them with any tech, uh, any, um, you know, technical difficulties, any hardware issues, software issues, um, you know, training. So that's really my primary role this year is supporting uh, staff. Um, so the training media that I've been using that has been really helpful for me to reach out to, to staff is obviously Zoom because we're all isolated <clears throat> in our building um, and we're, you know, following uh, protocol. So if I have to help staff, you know, I do it through Zoom. Uh, but if I have to, uh, I was doing like EdTech Tool of the Month where I was showcasing different EdTech tools and modeling how to use them so that they can use those tools with their students as well. And of course, I was using, um, you know, Wakelet is a big one in my tool, my toolbox. Um, any Google Apps tool or, you know, Google Apps, you know, meaning 
drive, Jamboard, <clears throat> sheets, um, slides, uh, any of the, you know, the suite apps um, that are included in your uh, Google package. Um, and Book Creator <clears throat> is another one <clears throat> that I modeled for, for staff. Uh, and WeVideo, um, you know, the, you know, any whiteboard tool I was trying to promote so that they can use it with their students for the hybrid teams. Um, but it's just been all over the place, Bruce. It's just, um, yeah, it's it's really, it's really, it 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 all changes every week or every month, you know. <laughs> Whatever the need is, that's what I try to do. Um, but I do hold like office hours via Zoom um, because my district's using Zoom, not Google Meet. Um, so you know if people have problems I had to help them for example with parent-teacher conferences and that had to be used we had to use a digital tool for that called Calendly so I had to train them and create documentation um, for that uh, screencastify is another big tool that I use to help uh, staff create videos narrations um, even using the Chrome browser you know, it's just, it's all over the place. Um, handy Chrome extensions, like I could keep going on and on. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, I mean, you have to have a set of tools that you go to that you rely on every single day, right? And that's like, you know, for me, it's, you know, Google Apps. Um, and, you know, I use Wakelet as well. Um, but, you know, there's so much variety of, needs in my building so i i have to be able to be flexible in what i you know what i teach the the staff you haven't used the word but it sounds like you differentiate like crazy for adult learning to see like what fits for whoever you're training whether it's a beginner medium or maybe like an expert person uh you know from all the tools that you've said they they would hit all those different levels so that's amazing yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, you have to be multiple, multiple, you have to provide multiple modals um, to, to, to staff, you know, we always do that with students, but we have to do that with staff too. So I try to um, document things and type things up and then also provide like videos for staff um, so that they can, you know, either follow along with the video or print out the directions and then follow along on the paper. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, you have to be able to do that because everybody has different um, comfort levels with technology and you can't expect everyone to be proficient at it. You know, there's all different levels. And what, you know, we say, we, we talk about like, you know, a, a technology tool, like just say Google Apps or Google Workspace for Education now is the new name. Um, and you only use like, you know, what are you really using? You only use the apps that you, you need and you know. So that's like maybe, you know, a certain percentage and the other percent we don't really utilize. So, you know, you only use the apps that you know that can accomplish your task. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, you know, I don't certainly use every single option in Google Docs or Google Slides. I only use what I need to get my task done, you know? Um, so yeah, there's a lot there that I even learned from the staff so that I can, um, you know, pay it forward and help other people too. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't want to interrupt, but did you say at the beginning that you're in charge of the whole uh, district or just uh, one of the school levels? What did you say at the beginning? Yeah, just my building. <clears throat> um, uh, I support my middle, the middle school. Middle school. Galloway okay. Township Middle School. Mm -hmm. um, I just support my building. And uh, like now, we're going to be going live streaming um, in the next few weeks. So it's, you know, I have to get certain staff members ready um, to, to, to live stream. Um, so, you know, as Bruce said, I have to tier it mm -hmm. and make sure that staff can um, follow along as comfortably and easily as they can when they make that transition. So, you know, you just, you know, you can't take anything for granted, right? You just kind of, I mean, I know it and I feel comfortable with it, but I have to remember, like, we have to, I have to teach them and I have to make sure that they understand the little steps to transition into this and um, to be able to um, feel comfortable with it as well. And uh, in order for me to help them, I have to make sure that I remember every single detail, you know, even the little things that you forget, they don't know, like mute the mic or, you know, turn off the camera or something like that. You know, you just have to we keep reminding them that those little details are the ones that you have to remember sometimes. With remote learning, do you find that teachers uh, are trying to use maybe too many things, that maybe they are trying to try as many apps that are out there, or do you find that people are trying to go, all right, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to become proficient in these two and then go from there? I don't know. I, I, I think it's a mix. Like, I have mixed feelings about that. I think that, um, I think you do need to mix it up a little bit as an educator because I think the students get bored. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you're comfortable with it and you're using it and you're being successful at it, um, you know, why would we put another tool in our toolbox if we already are successful with it? So. Mm -hmm. You know, that to me is, is um, everybody has their own opinion. And I just think the person has to be proficient enough to take a risk and try something new. And if they're not ready, then they're not going to. They're going to stick with what they know and feel comfortable with. So, um, yeah, I, I think that really depends on the teacher. I don't, I, I see a mix of that, you know, where I work. Some hey, people Cameron. are just a little, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, take the risk and try something new when they're already feeling comfortable with what they're mm -hmm. using. Hey, Kim, it's Randy. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, I, I, my question for you would be, you know, you work with all these apps and things like that. And I saw what you did with the CS, I think it was CS Share with the Black History, um, was the Black History Project. Oh, yeah, Co-Spaces. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I love that. And oh, my, you thank know, it, you. Make, it makes me think, you know, what did you do? Uh, what, what, what's your, how do you incorporate media into your STEM projects? Like if a teacher came to you and said, you know, I've got, I've got to do this project, you know, what do you suggest to incorporate, you know, what would be your go-to for that teacher? Well, it, I mean, it all depends, right? Like we, like I'm fortunate enough at my school that where we have a co-spaces um, subscription. 
So mm-hmm. I would love to be able to incorporate that, you know, as as well as coding. So I try to um, I try to target those um, platforms, especially with coding. Like I have micro bits in my classroom um, where you have to code. I have merge cubes, which is you know augmented reality, um, and I'd like to incorporate that the co spaces as well which is mm-hmm. a, a VR or 360 degree environment. And it you can use the add-on for the merge cube. So I try to incorporate things like that into the STEM classroom because the kids just, um, they really, it takes them to a whole nother level. Okay. Uh, I use the Tinkercad, you know, application as well. Um, but then there's times when, you know, we're using Google Maps and Google Earth and, kids love those those apps as well um you know so it really all depends on the content Mm -hmm. that you know that is that i have to align it with you know i'm coming from an elementary perspective and um i'm we just we're putting together a makerspace room and they just they just brought in all these virtual reality kits and you know, so I've got to start, you know, looking, thinking about that it, with this uh, co-share uh, software. Co-spaces. Co-spaces. Sorry, co-spaces. Is that something do you think an elementary student could pick up, or is this more of a middle school level? That uh, you know, what, with your experience, do you think a fifth or sixth grader, or even a fourth grader, could could work with this? Yes, definitely, because you can. Um, you don't, you don't have to make it as, you can make it as complex as you want, right? Mm-hmm. So like in that example that I did with the Black History Month, um, I made it like a virtual um, museum. Right. Uh, and I didn't code anything. That was more like a presentation. Um, so any, those objects that you see in there, mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to, I could have coded all the people and, and make dialogue between people and make them move and but i didn't do that so you can um you can totally tier it it's totally um acceptable for elementary school students they would pick up on it really quickly um you can add as many scenes as you want into your space you know that scene that example i did was just one scene but you can have multiple scenes in there um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely doable for elementary, especially upper elementary school school students. Okay. Definitely. All right. I would highly recommend it. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that advice because I, I'm I'm pretty in, I'm, I'm a novice when it comes to the virtual reality um, stuff. So just c- coming across that when I was um, doing some research, I saw yours and I was like, man, this this looks really cool. I wanted to ask you that question. Yeah, I mean, and that that environment, um, like I said, this year I'm not teaching any students, and that was one of my go-to um, apps that I've used in the past. So I said, you know what, I got to refresh my memory on CoSpaces. <laughs> so yeah. I came up with that and created it, and uh, I feel better now that I did it because it totally, like, you know, I remembered everything that I was doing, mm-hmm. um, and um, it. You know, it, I, I, hand, I gave that out to all the teachers at my school with um, 20 quiz, question quiz in Google Forms to go with that um, oh, cool. that project. So, yeah, it was it definitely got used. So it, it made me feel better that I refreshed my memory and I was yeah, able to Yeah, it definitely had a teachers. lot of views. I saw, yeah. I saw 
definitely had a lot of views. And when you mentioned media projects, um, seeing as that you're kind of overlooking the whole school, uh, you know, in our book, we, of course, featured a lot of the projects that we already do, just to kind of give some people some ideas that we've already uh, produced. But what are some uh, projects that stick out in your mind that different teachers have used um, in your school uh, featuring media that really caught your eye? Um, when you talk about media, are you, are you specifically talking about video? I, media to me is anything. Um, it's audio, visual, uh, you know, incorporates anything and everything. Okay, because, you know, sometimes, you know, people think of media as just video or, right. you know, audio. Um, honestly, right now, teachers are just, they're making video uh, lessons. They're video and they're, you know, they're creating video for their lessons, for their to support their students um I, I mean i'm not actually seeing anything any results of anything because i'm not interacting with anybody so for me it's i'm more of a tech support role this year um the only way that i'm really interacting is through my robotics club this year with students and um i had students um in there create like 3d projects and i printed them out on the 3d printer um you know but it's um, yeah that's unfortunately i don't have a better answer for you paul no, that. no that's all right I you just, know yeah, i'm just i know it's difficult with the remote it's learning. really hard yeah yeah i mean teachers are using flipgrid uh -huh. um in their classes you know they get like short responses or, right you know from students but, you know, I, for me personally, you know, like I said, I'm not interacting with students this year, so it's, it's hard for me to really give you a straight answer on that one because I'm not in that, that role right. um, like I was in the past. Kim, I know that you're an author with Alice Keeler on Google Classroom. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you and to tell our audience, too. Can you give us a couple of your favorite tips of keeping organized everything uh, in Google Classroom from your book? Yeah, oh, definitely. So my book, um, I co-authored with Alice Keeler. It's called Stepping Up to Google Classroom, 50 Steps to Getting Started for Beginners. And um, it's really geared for beginners on how to get started, how to organize your classroom, um, really like how to create an assignment. Um, and some of the tips that we have in there are like, um, you know, be sure to create topics for your posts so that they're all organized on your classwork page. Um, another tip is to um, number your assignments because when you're in person with your students or remotely, um, it's just easier to say, okay, go to assignment number 12 um, and open up that assignment rather than saying go to assignment and then saying the assignment title. Uh, it's just easier to reference that way. Um, yeah, so we we try to think of a beginner teacher when we were writing that book and how the beginner teacher would set up the classroom um, and start, you know, putting content in there for the, for the students. So um, one one thing you know, that I've used one thing that I've used. I don't think it was out. Uh, when you had written your book is um, something in the Google Chrome store called Mote, M-O-T-E, where you could record audio on any Google app 
and you can also record audio right inside of Google Classroom. So I can yeah. click mode and record up to 30 seconds of the instructions, especially if I'm not there, if I'm out for one day, I could leave audio instructions for my students and then they click on it and they'll be able to hear you, you know, either giving them feedback or directions in Google Classroom, but it works great with all the Google tools. Yeah, definitely. That's another tip that we had in our book is always give feedback and you can give feedback through the comment bank in the assignments or through a Chrome extension like Moat and um, leave audio uh, feedback because feedback is so critical when you're, um, you know, looking over, uh, you know, assignments. Um, and given the audio feedback is so much faster and it's I think it's more meaningful because the kids hear your voice. They can tell if you're satisfied or not satisfied or, you know, when you're reading something, sometimes the reader takes it out of content and just doesn't really understand um, the meaning of it. Um, so the Moat Chrome extension really is very helpful and what it does is it just it allow you to record a video and then it puts like a play button in the comment area of either your Google Doc or um, in, um, you know, your Google slide deck and you can just hit play and you can listen to the feedback. So yeah, mode is awesome. Um, we have a lot of teachers at my school using it and it does save a lot of time with providing quality feedback. Randy, Bruce, do you have a question? Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just so impressed with just all your knowledge on Google. I, I, I took the um, Google, the certification one test a few years ago, and it wasn't easy. <laughs> it, it wasn't easy and to look at all your Google experience. I'm like, man, you're you're smart. You're really smart because it is just a, uh, it's a lot, it, it's a lot of stuff. And it's amazing that, you know, what, you know, when you have that knowledge, what you can do with, with the classes, you know, if I had to ask you, uh, what would be your, um, if, do you have like a go-to, like that, what you find yourself going to the most to help teachers out with what app, what Google app might that be? Um, or do you, is it kind of like all across the board, whatever the, the different question it is? Yeah, I think it, I think it's different, you know, um, like my school, honestly, Randy, I thank you for the compliment, but, uh, you know, I, and Boost knows this, I never consider myself an expert at anything because once you consider yourself an expert, you stop learning. Right. Right. So all of these Google groups that I have, that I'm, uh, have the privilege to be in and connect with other educators around the world, I learn something from them all the time. And um, that knowledge I take back to my school and I help the teachers there. And um, sometimes, you know, like the art teacher, her needs are different than the ELA teacher, you know what I mean? So um, it, there's not just one app that I go to for everything. It's, it's really the whole package. Um, right now I'm on a Jamboard, um, I'm on a joint Jamboard, uh, you know, kick. Everything I do now is in Jamboard. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's not even the best app that I need. So I don't use it, but I, I, I find that the kids use it. 
they like it in robotics club. It's very interactive. It's collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the art teacher may not like that. So she uses something different. The ELL teacher, you know, she, you know, she may be using docs instead of uh, slides as the art teacher would use, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're using Zoom this year. We're not using Google Meet. So, um, you know, I'm not as apt on that app as I should be because we're not using it. Um, but, you know, you're, 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 you're good at what you know, and right. um, you feel comfortable with what you, what you have and what you know. So that's, that's really where I'm at. Um, they, they came out with so many new updates in the middle of uh, February that, uh, that I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be, um, some of the things are going to be game changers. Um, really? For, you know, for enterprise. Yeah, I think so. Hey, Kim, if we have people listening and they're like, jam what? What is she jam board? What is that's what I was gonna she ask talking you. about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Paul. I didn't <laughs> no, mean to steal your question. No, no, not to get... no that's but, okay. Uh, yeah. Can you explain exactly like what a jam board is? And also, this is an important point for me when I first started learning about it. And do you need a jam board in your classroom like to use the jam board app? So I'm glad you asked um, because Alice Keeler and I just wrote another book about Jamboard and we just submitted it into the editor. Um, and in our new and in this book, we differentiate what it is um, and we go over that. So really, a Jamboard is an app within um, the Google Workspace uh, for Education domain. Uh, it's a core app that needs to be enabled in your domain. And what it is, it's really uh, a collaborative workspace. So it's, you know, we have slides. So if you think of slides, and um, it's very similar to slides in that you have up to 20. I'm trying to explain it. You have up to 20 frames. So a frame is a page. And it's collaborative. So you can assign. Um, a jam, which is a file, in Google Classroom and make a copy for each student just like you would with any other Google file. Or you can have all the students collaborate in there all at once. Um, and it's a free app. You don't need to buy the kiosk to use Jamboard. Um, there is an app for you know mobile devices as well. Um, and you can use it for um, a collaborative activity. Um, you could use it to pair students together for group work, for breakout rooms, um, games, and anything that you can use with um, collaboration, you can use use Jam uh, Jamboard with it. Um, yeah. And you definitely don't need the kiosk for it. The kiosk is the hardware um, that you that you have in your classroom or, uh, you know, in another part of the building, and you would just use it as a giant whiteboard. That's that's all it is. So if you think of Jamboard as a whiteboard, a digital whiteboard um, that you can collaborate on, then you're you're good to go. It's definitely not a, a presentation tool. It's a collaboration tool. Gotcha. So, you know, like now Google Meet has the ability to um, have a digital whiteboard, and that app is Jamboard. So you can be in a Google Meet 
and open up a jam and have a digital whiteboard um, accessible through the meet. So what would make so, the biggest difference? I'm just trying to understand this a little bit more. What would make the, the biggest difference between Jamboard and Google Slide that you can write on it? You know, it's like if you go to a slide, you obviously have to type or put a text box in and type. But a Jamboard, you, you could actually, you know, touch your screen and, and, and script what you what your ideas are. Is that is, am yeah, I on the right page? Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's you. It's like really a. It's like really a, um, a brainstorming tool. Um, you can use it as a brainstorming tool. You can use it as you know a, a, a charting tool, um, a collaboration tool. It's not a presentation tool. So if you using it the way that it's intended, um, originally Jamboard came out for big businesses. Um, it wasn't intended for education, um, so it was really meant to be used with the kiosk, which is the hardware, in a meeting room, and have the people in the meeting, you know, jot ideas down and collaborate on the jam. Um, and when it was introduced for education, it didn't really take off as quickly um, as it is now. Um, but then when remote learning kicked in, it just, it just went off. Like it just, everybody's using it now. Um, and, and there's a big need for it because, you know, we do need a digital whiteboard. Um, mm -hmm. but that's originally, that's how it started was really okay. for business. I'd like to look into it a little bit more. I use a uh, lucid chart in, in, at, for collaboration and brainstorming and, I just like to, you know, look at a little something else that might be a little easier. You know what around. it is, Randy? Honestly, you know how, you know, some tools are are really great, but they can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Jamboard's not like that. Jamboard is very simple. It's not an overwhelming um, platform, mm -hmm. um, and you get the job done. It has it has, you know, a, a a toolbar on the side it has a little you know a little toolbar up at the top nothing overwhelming and sometimes i think you know when you keep things simple they're they're better that way mm -hmm. and that's to me that's what jamboard is like it's a very simple easy tool um to use there's not a lot of learning curve with it and you can really um think out of the box with it so uh, i i would definitely encourage you to to uh, to check it out. I mean, I use I it in robotics club every day, every week, and uh, you know, it's it's a it's just another tool to to introduce your students to as well. If you've never seen it before, Randy, to me it reminds me a little bit of Padlet, how you could put up your ideas on a board mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. go up as like sticky notes, you know, on the on the Jamboard. But the nice yep. part is it's incorporated with all the rest of the. Uh, of the Google tools. Hey, uh, yeah. Paula, do you have one last uh, question? Because we're, yes, we're coming just, close to the end of the show. Yeah, I just want to ask Kim uh, kind of the reverse. Do you have any questions um, of us or anything you would just like to throw out or comment about? I'm, I'm just thankful that you guys are doing this and getting your, um, your message out this way to other educators on a different uh, platform. I think it's so helpful. Um, I, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing for 
for educators around the world, and I wish you all the best of luck with it. Thank Great. you, Kim. So, we appreciate that uh, you're on our show tonight as well. So. Yeah, th thank you. Yeah, we appreciate No, this that. was so much fun. We appreciate that you invited us on uh, your podcast, and I appreciate Kim so much because for social media, she's one of my go-to people uh, to learn new things from you know every single day and have uh, us also pay it forward. So Kim, where can people find you on social media, your podcast? We talked already about some of your books, but all the different things that you have going on, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can visit the Sweet Talk. Um, that's the S-U-I-T-E talk.com. And you can find all of my episodes on my page there. Um, I'm also on Twitter at underscore the underscore tech underscore lady. And um, I could visit my blog at the Tech Lady as well. All right. Um, and we, of course, will have this on our uh, website and social media as well, if anybody missed that. Uh, so thank you, uh, Randy, Bruce. Any final thoughts, comments? No, just thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's, it's so great to talk to you again. No, I mean, this was fun. Thank you, guys. My, my final comment is I've been lucky enough to meet Kim in person and I hope that Randy and Paula, we all get the chance to get together once the pandemic is kind of over and uh, have a great conversation like we just had about uh, technology. And again, Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you again, Kim Matina. And uh, that is your scripted conversation for today. Scripted. An Educator's Guide to Media in the Classroom is a resource book for all educators, providing scope and sequence for digital media in the classroom. It is your recipe guide to creating a successful digital media model in your school at any level. Scripted can be purchased through Edumatch Publishing, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. For more information, go to www.scriptededucators.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week for another episode of Scripted Conversation with Paula, Bruce, and Randy.